Who's this Miguel? Where does he live? This episode of Baseball Tangents was originally recorded on the 18th of May, 2017. Hello, Kyle Lewis. Good afternoon, Jeff Hayward. Good afternoon. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. See, we need more of that um, more of that singing, I think. Yeah. You know, a little bit at a time. A little bit here, a little bit there. Little little Jeff what is it, uh... interstitials. Man, if, if it was morning for you, I would be all singing in the rain. You know what I mean? Good morning, good morning. We've slept the whole night through. Good morning, good morning to you. That's 100% lovely. I wish I could have more of that just all day long. Anyway. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll wake you up every morning like that. That's an odd thing to say. Might might cut that part out. Um, <laughs> oh, man. So I have... a. Uh, have a topic today, but I also want to talk a little bit about um, our two favorite teams. Can you uh, give me a quick rundown of what's been going on with the Giants this week? Boy, we did what uh, we we said couldn't be done, which is uh, which was have a three game win streak, and then it turned into a four game win streak. And uh, and we've got some, we have some offense, and uh, it's been fun. I went to the ball game on Sunday with Mom. I went to the ball game on Monday with a friend of mine and uh just splendid. Just a great game both days. I mean Sunday was a surprise because we were, you know, we did that was the three game winning streak that we didn't think we could uh we didn't think anything would come of that, but we had a rally of like seven runs in the first inning or something like that. And uh and it felt good. And we stuck with it. And everybody around me was like, Don't move, nobody move, nobody jinx this. And by the way, in the meantime, the Warriors won as well. And we know that because we have super technology these days and everybody with a smartphone at the ballpark was watching the Warriors game on their device. It was actually quite funny. Just wins for the Bay Area all around. So actually, I want to I wanna point out, I believe that on Sunday it was four innings four innings, four runs in the first inning and three in the second, but the shark got his first win. That's right. That's right. And for a matter of correctitude, yeah. it was also a five game winning streak. Yeah, so what would I do without you? It was a five game winning streak until last night. And Cueto did not look like himself and Kershaw did look like himself. Right. Poor Cueto. It happens. You can't win them all, but it was uh and, and Kershaw's incredible. He is, and he's also doubly incredible against the Giants, particularly at AT and T. I could probably look up those those splits while you tell me another story about something with the Giants. Yeah, you know who else is? Uh, you know, we we bring up, and I think we, I've said this before, but um, the rookies come up out of the Giants farm system and they just they're just like so fun to watch they're so great uh Arroyo uh you know is he he's got he's got something on offense and he's got some on defense and watching him make some of these these plays uh you know these diving plays I think yesterday he did a, a sitting at second base he's also moving around second uh and third but sitting at second base he went and uh dove for a ball to save the base hit and uh 
got on his feet in no time at all and fired it to first. And it was just like watching, watching the rooks do this stuff is so inspiring and like, and and it provides hope. You know what I mean? I do indeed. It's fun. And it's also, it's, um, what it is, is it, it gives you some, some insight into the, the future. It gives you some hope for the future, right? Yeah. So, just for fun, uh, Kershaw has pitched 39 games against the Giants. And in those games, he has, let's see here, given up 59 runs and 187 hits, which is still pretty stout. Um, he has barely walked one per nine in that um, in that time frame. And he has struck out 295 in 39 games. So let's see. 295 divided by 39 is 7.5 strikeouts per nine. So not uh, the world's best, but against a team that's been pretty competitive most of the years that Kershaw has been playing, because he really started in earnest in 2009. Kershaw has done pretty well against the against the Giants. Let's see here. Strikeout. I mean, seven and a half strikeouts per nine, like an average, that's... That feels that feels high for an average, is it not? It does feel it's pretty it's pretty good. Where that's 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 pretty competent, and then also his strikeout to walk ratio there is is pretty darn good. Now he has played right. against he has pitched against the Giants more than any other team, so it's hard to compare because I'm not looking at percentages. Oh, here we go. Here we you go. Think that plays a big part that he's played against the Giants more than any other team. Yeah, I mean, you hope that a that a pitcher, well, I, I suppose a catcher, um, knows their opponent anyway, right? Like whoever they're playing next, they're going to know the hot zones of, of, a, of a hitter and, and how to pitch to them generally. Or, or am I wrong? I think it does help, but I think it's also that they're big rivals, and so he wants to pitch, you know, with all his might and gusto. Here's some fun numbers just to think about with regard to Kershaw against the Giants. So Kershaw has pitched against, I think, every team in the league at least one time. Um, his strikeout to walk ratio, 6.86 um, to 1, is pretty, that's pretty darn good for uh, his strikeout to walk ratio. For comparison, um, this is his strikeout to walk ratio against the Giants over his career. The o- the only strikeout to walk ratios he has better than that are against the Rangers and the Royals, and he's only pitched against them once. So, very small sample size. We could basically throw it out. Um, the next team that he's pitched against with any real number, which is the Nationals, um, he's pitched against them 14 times, and he's a 6.12 strikeout to walk ratio. So, just pointing out that he seems to get amped up for the Diamondbacks, 3.59. So, he's he's not turning it on the same way against other in uh, in division opponents. And if we look at batting average against batting average against the only teams that are, well, the only team that's he's really pitched against with regularity that has a lower batting average against is the Mets with a 181. The giants have hit 186 against Kershaw for his career. That's that's pretty dominant. That's ace status. 
Yeah. Even though the Giants are not a heavily offensive team and have not been a heavily offensive team in Kershaw's career. I would I don't have it right in front of me, but I would reason to bet that the Giants team batting average is way better than that since 2009. Oh, I'm sure. Way better than 186, of course. Pretty much got to be, right? Let's see here. Just for fun. His career ERA against the Giants, 1.62. 1.62. What is what is Kershaw's best career ERA for an entire season? It would have been last year, 1.69. Damn. And he, let's see here, he had an injury-shortened year last year. So, hypothetically, over a longer season, his ERA may have bloomed. In 14, he pitched 27 games, had an ERA of 177, and led the league. He did not lead the league in ERA last year, interestingly enough. Anyway, uh, Kershaw being Kershaw, Cueto. Who did? You know, that's a good question. Um, I feel like this should be a guessing game. Can you, uh, oh, uh, who won the um, Cy Young? Oh, he wasn't. You're asking me? Yeah. I don't know. You know I don't know. You should be the one guessing here. Uh, it was Kyle Hendricks from the Cubs. He had a 2.13 ERA. So uh, it looks like his ERA was thrown out because uh, he did not pitch enough games to be considered here, which is, stra- which is strange. So but-, he, so he, but he did have uh, – if, if you don't throw out his, his ERA, he has the lowest. Yeah, or, or darn near. As much as I can tell, based on from Baseball Reference, the um, other fun thing, just talking about, um, oh, where did I just had this? I just had this stat in front of me, and then I lost it. Strikeouts to base on balls for the whole season. Uh, Max Scherzer led the NL last year with five, five strikeouts for every walk. Uh, Johnny Cueto was fifth in the league, four point four, so it's pretty good. Uh, Kershaw did not make that list, as it were. Anyway, um, interestingly enough, uh, Max Scherzer also led the NL in home runs given up with 31. Just to think about, he is so stinking good. Gives up a lot of home runs, but he also led the league in strikeouts. So he's like the inverse. Interesting. The inverse of like uh, John Carlos Stanton or something. Or uh, who's another power hitter who doesn't who strikes out a ton, Miguel Sano. He's an inverse Miguel Sano, except that Scherzer's way more valuable than Miguel Sano. Actually, let's just, for fun, look that up, see if I'm off my rocker. And who is, who's this Miguel? Where does he live? <laughs> Where does he live? Miguel Sano probably lives somewhere in the Twin Cities because he plays, uh, um, well, I guess he's third baseman or DH for the Twins. And who was the other guy we were looking up? This is this is Kyle looks for things on baseball reference. So last last year, Max Scherzer's war six games six games above replacement. Miguel Sano last year. I'm gonna willing to bet it wasn't that. And offensive war one point seven, D war negative one point four. So he was barely above Barely above a substitute. That's kind of crazy. He uh, his his fielding was so bad. 
Um, but he can knock the uh, knock the sock off the ball. In 116 games last year, he actually did not have a very impressive year, all in all. 25 home runs. That's a thing. In this case, Max Scherzer are way more valuable than Miguel Sano, although in my head, Miguel Sano resembles Scherzer. How many strikeouts did he have last year? 178 strikeouts, 25 home runs. Hmm. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, what I want to talk about today, uh, because talking about my... No, hang on. You can't get there. You can't get there. Yeah, you have to talk about Reds. You got to talk about uh, the week of Reds. It's not been good. Tell me more. So Sunday, the, Sunday the Reds um, got swept by the Giants in San Francisco, then took Monday off, flew to Chicago to play the Northsiders, and have lost two games in a row to them and are currently playing as we speak. So I don't think that's going to go. Chicago Northsiders being the White Sox. Mm, try again. The Cubs. There you go. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm learning. Yeah, this is, yeah a little bit at a time. There we go. It's, it's, I'm going to teach you all the, the backwards lingo for these teams that you never watch. The Reds have not been good. There have been some moments that um, have gone well. Uh, Mezzarocco, our catcher who showed a tremendous amount of promise, was an all-star in 14. He is back on the DL, but with a hamstring, so hopefully he'll be back. Other fun fact, Cozart, uh, Zach Cozart, the shortstop for the Reds, hit a home run last night, and that makes him the only player ever to hit five home runs as a visitor in consecutive games at Wrigley. This is a... Ever? Ever. Meaningless fun fact, but fun fact. Well, Wrigley's an old field. It is an old field. Uh, I believe that the there were a number of players who had four, but he is the only one now to have, have five. That's uh, it's how it goes. I mean, he's having a great year, and if I were to look... Briefly here at the stats. He is seventh in the league in batting average. Doesn't show up high on runs. I don't think his slugging is that high either. Uh, he's 12th in the league in slugging right now. So that's that's not bad. I mean, you don't really count on short st- shortstops usually to hit. His OPS right now has him eighth in the league. So just here's a fun, a fun rundown. Here I'll give you the the top... I'll do the top 11 because I think it's it includes some nice names. Top 11 OPS in the league. So this is on base percentage plus slugging. So it's basically a measure of, of how good a hitter you are, but also how good your eye is. Because on base obviously rewards walks. Um, but it's it's kind of like... Slugging rewards. On base does not reward uh, home runs. Is that what you're saying? Um, on, base does re- on base records any way that you get on base. So that it it is inflated beyond batting average by walks, slugging. But you're, but you're including slugging. Mm-hmm. So it's the two numbers added together. So slugging Got it. rewards extra base hits, basically. So it's a, it's a measure of not only how selective you are, how good your eye is, but also when you do connect, how strong it is. So it does play some weighting on your extra base hits because on. On-base percentage includes your batting average, as it were. 
but slugging is of your hits, how many of them are for two bases or more. So running down the list as of today, which is what, the 17th of May? The list is Harper, Freeman, 18th of May. Okay, here we go. Harper, Freeman, Trout, Ryan Zimmerman, who's having an incredible year, Aaron Judge, Eric Thames, Miguel Sano, hey, there we go, and Zach Cozart. Look at that. Then we have the uh, first giant on the list, Buster Posey, Michael Conforto, and Paul Goldschmidt. Now, I don't expect this list to look exactly like this by the end of the year, because I would expect to see Schwarber, Bryant, um, probably my boy Joey Votto on this list. I don't expect Michael Conforto to be on the list long term. Um, For what it's worth, Nelson Cruz and Joey Votto are tied at 13th right now. Some other fun names on this list that aren't too far down. Bryant, uh, Justin Turner, Nolan Arenado, uh, Daniel Murphy, Jose Altuve, Mookie Betts. So, I mean, there's some some serious names in the top 25 right now. But just for fun, Zach Cozart having one hell of a year for a shortstop. I mean, I actually think he is the highest ranking, what we'll call position player. Uh, Yeah, he is because everybody else plays outfield or first right because Zimmerman plays first that's that's something to be to be proud of is to be a shortstop and be in the hitting discussion with a bunch of right fielders and first basemen I think that's that's pretty good but you think this will change because people get in the swing of things well there's some names that just tend to float to the top and uh, I think that there's I mean Bryant is not too far off Votto is not too far off and I, I think uh, Schwarber, a kid can just hit, and he's young, but I think he has a decent eye, but he's in in definite slump right now. People, oh, here's who I should have thought of with regard to um, a comparison to Max Scherzer is Joey Gallo. Kid strikes out something like 35% of the time, but just crushes the ball when he makes contact. Just crushes it. Now, I said Joey, Joey Gallo, not Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo's dead. I said Joey Gallo with a G. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's my cousin Vinny for all the uh, my cousin Vinny fans out there. Oh my! This is that's um, embarrassing that I did not get that reference. That's okay. I didn't say it right. I think it, I think it was Joey. I think it was Joey Gallo, and then he said, "No, it's not. It's a uh, Callow with a C. It don't matter. It's not Joey either. It's somebody else." Top ten movies. Bold claim. We'll have to come back to to that one. I know it's a. Uh, a well-respected movie. Coming to our topic for the day, I want to talk about the big three free agents that are coming up, not this year, but year after next. Okay. Is it year after next? So in the winter of 2018, there are three free agents who are coming up, the big guys, which are Trout, Harper, and Machado. Is that right? Wow. I want to say that's right. Trout... Trout is a free agent in 2021. Never mind. He's not part of it. Is Harper in? Harper's coming up. He's a free agent in 19. So already part of my argument is moot. And Machado is arbit- is a free agent in 19 as well. Okay. So um, Trout signed this extension, so he's not part of this. He is more or less, but not at the same time. So of these three guys who are, I think we can agree, are the three best players best young players in baseball. Did you uh, say Bryce Harper too? 
Mm-hmm. Who, who are who, what were the three? Harper, Trout, Machado. Got it. Of those three guys, Kershaw too. Apparently, Kershaw's a bit older. So yeah, these guys are twenty four, twenty five. Kershaw's what thirty one? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, talk to me. So I'm going to figure out how old Clayton Kershaw is now because I'm going to see if I'm right. He's twenty nine, so he's younger than I thought. But these guys are twenty four, twenty five. So the question is first are these guys going to stay with their current teams when they are looking at these 400 million dollar contracts and beyond that if they aren't going to stay with their team who is going to be able to pick them up or who's going to um who is going to be the person writing this monster check to the the superstars of today and tomorrow hypothetically right so yeah, I have some ideas about this, but I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Or you can just critique my my ideas if you'd like. Oh, no. You know very well that uh, that I have no ideas on this. I'm here to learn from you. Okay, so... Let's start with, uh, let's start with Harper. All right. I think that Harper is going to not stay with the Nationals. I think that it's been fine uh, there, but I think that he needs to be on a bigger stage. And so I think he's um he's going to be either going to the Dodgers or the Yankees. And uh, I think that either place he can be face of franchise and be um a superstar, but I think that the ultimately he's going to want more money than the Nationals are are willing to give him. I don't think the Nationals are going to trade him before he is uh, before his, the end of his his current contract. And they did just sign him to it. Is it twenty million? They just gave him something silly like that. Let's see here. He just he just signed a contract, uh, an extension here. So he this year this year he's making thirteen point six. Next year he's making twenty one point six. So basically, they're they're um, he's in arbitration years, and so he's making making more money there. And he's a Scott Boris client, so I think he's going to get pushed to get as much money as possible. Uh, as comparison, Manny Machado is currently on a one year, eleven point five million dollar deal, which is he still has another arb year next year. So I think. Like I said, I think Harper is going to is going to bounce. I think he big personality. All this to say, I think Bryce Harper is probably going to go to the Yankees or the Dodgers, based mostly on the the big money situation. Now, if I think about Machado, who is also going to be a free agent at the same time, I think Machado might stay with the Orioles, which I think might be a bad choice for the Orioles. If he doesn't stay with the Orioles, it's really sad to see this, but he could go to either the Red Sox or the Yankees. I think they could both afford him. And I don't think the Yankees have a third baseman they're crazy about right now. I don't actually know who plays third base for the Yankees right now. It's probably not somebody who's incredible. Chase so Headley. It's it's a bad idea for the O's because of cost because of cost because i think it's going to make them non-competitive and they have so much money sunk into chris davis right now that 
basically if your first and third baseman are making more combined than everyone else on the team put together, I think you're, which I think that's really what they'd be looking at. What is, uh, cause we'll say Machado is going to make 35 or 40 million a year. And what is Chris Davis making? He is signed through 2022. Yeah. Seven years, 161. Is it 17? That's what he's making this year. I think so. Or last year he made 17. Yeah, and it's it probably is going to go up because 161 divided by 17 or divided by 7 is $23 million a year. So if you're you're putting $60 million a year, roughly, into two players, what is the Orioles' yeah. salary cap? 2016. Here we go. In 2017, total. Active payroll, actually, is much higher than I thought it was. The Orioles right now have 148 million in total adjusted salary. That includes uh, minors and some people they're still playing, who they're still paying, who aren't playing right now. So um, they still have 100 million dollars to play with hypothetically for the rest of their team, but they are playing some. They are paying some players a silly amount of money to not be that valuable to them. JJ Hardy is making 14 million dollars a year. Adam Jones is actually, he's pretty good. He's making $16 million a year, but he's, Adam Jones is accountable for 10% of the salary. So um, I think uh, you'd be looking at Manny Machado making up 25 to 30 plus percent of the the team's salary. I don't think that you see an Orioles team winning in that situation. And I think they are still a big market team, but they're on the small side of big market teams. So th- those are my thoughts on those two. I think Trout stays with the Angels, and I think Trout eventually becomes Barry Sanders, one of the best of all time. I'm switching sports here. That's fine. One of the best of all time, but not going to ever win a championship, which is... And who is Barry Sanders? He's a running back, was a running back for the Detroit Lions, and I don't have... Uh, I think he was a multiple-time MVP. May have been. Uh, let's see here, he was the MVP in '97, ten-time Pro Bowler. He four times led the NFL in rushing yards. He's pretty darn good. Um, I think he is in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he is in the Hall of Fame. Amazing running back, but not. Uh, he never won a Super Bowl, so it's kind of a. Kind of a bummer because he was a, a fun guy to watch. I think that that's what's going to happen to Trout, which is unfortunate because he is the best baseball player in the league right now and the best baseball player that has been in the league for quite a while. And I'd like to see him see him win one. I mean, he'd be a yeah. Like where 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 should he go? Like where, if you if you could put him anywhere. Oh, if he just went down the road to play in Chavez Ravine for 80, 82 games a year, 81 games a year. I think that that would be good for him. But um, he could also be the face of another slightly smaller franchise. And I don't know. I'm not sure that Trout would take less money, but it would be interesting to see a scenario where he takes a little less money so a team can put other good players around him. Because right now, Pujols Pujols and Trout are they're right there in the middle of the middle of the order there and they are t- 
taken up a lot of money. Let's see here. 2017, $148 million that the Angels are paying out. And they're paying out some silly money. Yunel Escobar is getting $7 million. And Luis Valbana, also playing third base, is getting six point five. So we have $13.5 million this year tied up in third base. Um, they're still paying Josh Hamilton $26 million this year. Mike Trout is making... Mark Mike Trout is making twenty million dollars this year, and then thirty-four million dollars the next three years after that. Cole Calhoun, arguably a bargain at six million this year, but going up to eight five next year. The good news is they're starting pitchers. They only have one of them that's over ten million right now, so that's uh, that's pretty good. They're they're just a team that's. And they're paying Pujols twenty six million. So I don't think that they're a team that's going to going to win one. And I I don't think that Trout's a a guy who w- really wants to leave. I think he might be comfortable, but we'll we'll see. I, I'm not. I want to sit and chew on that one a little bit more. But as a as a tangent on this topic, the thought is: what if a team such as my Reds, who are a mid-market team, but on the smaller size for salary cap. What if the Reds were to offer Trout a contract, say 10 years, and we offer you $10 million a year. But for every year that you win the World Series, that you're on a World Series winning team, we will cut you another $10 million check for five, five years in a row. So basically, we'll double your salary for five years in a row. And then if you keep doing it, we'll just keep adding a $10 million check each year. So the actual upfront cost is pretty low, but the incentive is ridiculous. Yeah. Interesting. Is that something that exists? I don't know. And that's, that's a good question. I know like Max Scherzer's contract is a, his is like a 10 or it's seven year contract or something, but it's actually paid out over 14 years. So it's, he gets half of the, basically he's getting half the money now and half of it after he's done with the Nationals. So they'll be paying him well after he's done playing for them. But with things like inflation, he's going to actually get paid less in the end. But it allows the Nationals to hypothetically have a better team and it keeps Max Scherzer getting a paycheck that much longer, which if he's not very fiscally responsible, maybe that's a good sign. I'm not I'm not sure the incentive behind that contract but it does seem like they hypothetically could spend more money now because he is going to get he knows he's going to get paid just not today if that makes sense. Yeah, but is is there going to be enough of a return that feels like such a risk 14 years? That's a lot of debt. Well, it is 14 years, but it's it's his whatever 210 million dollar contract stretched out longer. So He's not actually signed for a 14-year contract. He signed for seven years and then seven years of deferred payments, basically. Yeah. Because that 14-year, I, I don't think, I think the longest contract in the history of Major League Baseball is John Carlos Stanton's 13-year contract. Did he play all 13 years? He's still playing, my friend. John Carlos Stanton, the, uh, the uh, right fielder for the Florida Marlins, the Miami Marlins now. He. All right, let's see here. He is signed through 2027, 13 years, $325 million. 
This is 2015 through 2027, and there's a 2028 team option. Good for them. Yeah. So his his contract is is humongo, and if he hits you know a ginormous number of home runs, which he has done twice in his career, he's hit 37, hit 34 in 2011. He's already hit 11 this year, though, so he may. Eh, we'll see. We'll see if he stays healthy. I mean, here's here's the problem. He uh, John Carlo in 2013 played 116 games. 14-145. Good healthy year. He led the led the league in home runs, 37. In 2015, he played 74 games. And he still managed to hit 27 home runs, so there's a lot of promise there. But 74 games is not enough to be somebody who's paid that much money. He was an all-star that year, for what it's worth. I wonder if he was the only all-star from Miami in 2015. It looks a little bit like I am correct. Fun year. So my speculation is low contract, big incentive for winning the World Series, not getting the World Series, but winning. Because I saw Bryce Harper in his new contract has a million dollar bonus if he's MVP, which is seems arbitrary. But if he plays that well and that the Baseball Writers Association decides he's the best, then maybe that's that makes sense. So I wanted to wrap up today with uh, a fun fun game and while i do have the internet in front of me i have closed all my windows and i'm pledging honesty here so i want you to pick a team and a position and i will try to see if in my memory banks i have the player no kidding any team any team any position any team Mm -hmm. it has to be in the major leagues of course sure okay let me think let's do i want to i want to stump you you know i want to try and stump you I feel like you're just going to pull this one though. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go for, let's go for the o- Oakland athletics. Not a team I watch a lot. Okay. That's good. That's a good start for me. Okay. Oakland athletics center fielder. That is a tough one. Coco Chris was playing center field two years ago and then he went to uh, Cleveland center field. Now, I mean, they're a team of a bunch of like replacement level players that nobody knows their name. I know. I know. I should do this is the first time we do this and I gave you the hardest thing you could do. No, no, it's yeah. it's it's fine. Uh center field for the Oakland Athletics is not someone I know. Let's try another one. Let's do the A's third baseman. The A's third baseman. Is do you, want, you want to stick with the A's? I want I wanna give you I want to, I feel like I should give give you somebody that you can do. So the A's third baseman is probably some random white guy who's not worth a damn, and it's Trevor Plouffe. So I had it was correct there. I just looked it up. Uh, Oakland A's center fielder is Rajay Davis. Uh, I did not know that. I'll give you another one. Texas Rangers. Okay. This is a team I know a little bit more about. First base. I think it's Mike Napoli. It was Mitch Moreland last year. He had a breakout season and went to Boston on a one-year deal. I'm going to say it's Mike Napoli. How do you do this? Yeah, you're right. I like that guy's name, Napoli. Yeah, it's fun. Napoli has bounced around. Napoli spent, uh, he's played at least two, maybe three years in Texas, but on one-year deals, if I recall correctly. He played for Cleveland for a little while. Uh, he was with Cleveland last year in, I remember uh, Tito saying that he brought a good, strong veteran leadership to the clubhouse. Um to go along with Jason Kipnis, who is younger, but still, I think, is 
is seen as a, a quality veteran now, especially with these young guys like uh, Lindor and um, Jose Ramirez that are good, but are, are pretty, pretty green. Napoli also played at least one season in Boston, if I recall correctly. Mm. Just for fun. Yeah, looks like it. Because I feel, I feel good about that last one. Give me, give me one more that's not the A's, because clearly I don't know. They got a kid named Triggs, who's pretty good. And uh, they got uh, Jesse Hahn out there. Uh, in, uh, in Oakland. In Cleveland? Oh, in Oakland. Oh, you want, you want Oakland again? No, no. Please, no Oakland. Yeah, no Oakland. I think we're going to go with Seattle, Mariner, Seattle Mariners. Let's see, what, let's see what, what this guy actually... I think center field. Right field is Mitch Haniger. Center, center field was Leonis Martin, but he got sent down to the minors, and I do not know who replaced him. I don't know who plays left there. Um, Cattell Marte was playing short, but I think he got sent down. There's a guy named Vote. Dan Vote, I think, uh, was playing first for a minute. Cano plays second. The DH is Nelson Cruz? Does Nelson Cruz play center as well, maybe? Play right field? No. Hanniger plays right field. Hanniger's hurt right now, I know. Oh, uh, and shortstop is um, Gene Segura, but he's hurt right now as well. So center field is a good big question mark because it's not Leonis Martin because he stopped being able to hit. Are you ready for the answer? I am ready for the answer. The gentleman is uh, by the name of Jared Dyson. Oh, Gerard Dyson. Yes. Yeah, sure. Gerard. That works. Yeah. He played for the, uh, who, uh, played for the Royals. He was on their like speed demons team that won the, the world series. He is good. I think he's, I mean, he's good cause he's fast. I think he hits a little bit better than Billy Hamilton. He's a tiny bit slower, gets on base about the same. Um, He's fine. He got uh, he got on base yesterday. Uh, Mariners playing who? Uh, Oakland. He got on base uh, a minimum of three times by being hit by the pitch. You know that's a that's a fun a fun stat. The hit by pitch. Um, so so just for fun, draw Dyson's cr- matches the matches the record. Uh, 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 sorry, ma- match the major league record. Which has occurred twenty five times since nineteen thirteen, Th- uh, which which is uh, three hit by pitches in a game, which is three too many. His career line for hit by pitch starting in twenty ten, his first year with Kansas City, where he only played in eighteen games. We go zero zero one one zero four three, and then in this year he's been hit by pitches eight times. So something has changed, not the least of which is he plays in a different division. Um, moving from the central to the west, but he he was hit by he's been hit by eight pitches in 145 plate appearances. So eight into 145, five percent of the time, just over five percent of the time, he's getting hit by a pitch. Right now, last year in 337 plate appearances, he was hit three times, less than one. One percent. So, his his current increase right now is um, something like well, it's intense, is what it is. It's more than four x at the current rate. Is he leaning into it, 
a little more? Is he, uh, is he just standing over the plate? What's going on? I don't know how who tracks Gerard Dyson's stance, batting stance. Somebody surely has some numbers on it, but that could be something we look for, look into later. He is left-handed, so I wonder if he has seen a undue number of righties who are throwing sinkers or something that are just riding in or sliders that are it'd be interesting to see those eight hit by pitches and what pitches he got hit how he was hit he's currently that's three different pitchers too hmm, that's interesting well he is currently leading the majors uh or leading the rather leading the league in hit by pitch which is not surprising considering he's been hit eight times right so let's see here I'm looking at the games that have been played here and pulling up, let's see here, hit by pitch. So he was hit by pitch three times yesterday. He was also hit by a pitch in a game against the Angels. So Oakland, the Angels, who else has hit him? Oakland again, Texas, Houston, and the Angels again. So hard to hard to say here. Interesting. Well, I think uh, we could leave it on that. Draw Dyson get hits by gets hit by pitches quite a lot. Other fun fact I saw it earlier today: Manny Machado is the brother-in-law of Yonder Alonso, who is the first baseman for the Oakland Athletics. So I do know one player who plays for that terrible team. There you go. Anyway, well, uh, Jeffrey, thanks for uh, thanks for getting on the call, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. This was fun. As always, we'll we'll make sure to play the uh, stump Kyle game in future episodes. Yeah, I can't believe you do that so well. It's crazy. Have a good one. All right, man. You too. This has been a Kidlo Audio production. If you'd like to hear more of this or our other shows, go to audio.kidlo.com. That's K Y D L O. Thanks for listening. Be well.